From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. It is Sunday, it is October 23, it is VK1WIA and I'm Graham VK4 Baker Baker with this edition of WIA National News. The WIA condolence on the death of a king. The Wireless Institute of Australia, the WIA, has extended its sincere condolence to the Radio Amateur Society of Thailand, RAST, on the passing of its beloved King Bumabol. On behalf of the Board of Directors and members, the WIA has expressed its deep regret at the passing of the monarch and head of state for 70 years. In a letter to RAST President Jack Handicom, HS1VFL, the WIA said the support given by the King, HS1A, to amateur radio was well known, including his patronage of RAST. Call sign recommendations and licence time limits, the old chestnut. The Wireless Institute of Australia has received queries about lapsed call sign recommendations by those who fail to pay the ACMA licence fee involved on time. Failure to pay the ACMA invoice within 28 days after it is issued results in the ACMA charging a consideration fee of $28. All WIA assessors and learning facilitators are reminded to tell candidates of the process, emphasising that the accuracy of candidate address and email accounts are vital to ensure against lost mail. The ACMA licence invoice may also be inadvertently routed away from the inbox and into the email spam folder. Apart from the ACMA consideration fee, it would expect to receive a new licence application along with a fresh WIA callsign recommendation which will incur extra unnecessary expense. The WIA exam service also sends an email to candidates congratulating them on getting a pass and explains the ACMA licence invoice procedure. ACMA reports increased new radio amateurs. The WIA, which provides the ACMA services, had 1,271 exams, made 1,119 call sign recommendations and issued certificates of proficiency. In a breakdown table, the ACMA reports an increase in new licences, all amateur grades being issued in the 12-month period. These were the Foundation Licence at 397, Standard Licence 108, Advanced licence at 89, an overall increase of 45. The ACMA had a fall of 77 amateur licences on issue to 15,065 at June 2016, but reports a trend that each type of its 153,000 apparatus licences also declined in the last two years. The timing of the WIA reporting period produces some variation when compared to ACMA licence numbers and is mostly due to some problems with the new computerised Spectra licence database system. Also, there have been those who qualify through an assessment, obtain a WIA callsign recommendation, but have not been granted an ACMA station licence due to non-payment. Meantime, also in ACMA news, a reduction in interference caused by dodgy light-emitting diodes or LED displays used for Christmas lights has resulted from an ACMA awareness campaign. The ACMA continues its active monitoring and compliance program and, caught up in its net, a pirate broadcasters in a case of harassing and offensive transmissions on Citizens Band Radio. 
The ACMA had also permitted phone jammer tests at Lithgow and Goldburn jails and mindful that emissions from the normally illegal devices are not causing interference outside those correctional facilities. WIA AGM 2017 at Handorf, South Australia. The WIA is holding its 2017 annual general meeting in historic and picturesque Handorf, May 1921, in the Adelaide Hills Convention Centre. Under the theme of Inspiring Leadership, the Future of Amateur Radio, it will be in the small tourist township of Handorf, established in 1839. It's Australia's oldest surviving German settlement, only half an hour from Adelaide. Details of the annual event, associated activities, accommodation, transport eateries and tourist delights on offer will soon be on wia.org.au, our website. An interesting series of Saturday afternoon technical presentations include a possible microwave demonstration having a link to a line of sight location in the lofty ranges. The possibilities on Sunday may include a look at Handorf sites, a Barossa Valley wine growing tour, summits on the air activity or portable operation in a park. The organising Adelaide Radio Clubs are working on details, including prices, which are expected to be known in November. That's just a couple of weeks away, and that's when the WIA will open bookings for this event. However, the information now available further encourages you and your partner to start booking accommodation and making plans. Oh, and talking of AGMs, the video of some highlights from the 2016 WIA AGM weekend on Norfolk Island is also available online. WIA directors undergo training. The board of the WIA has had training courses on the role of directors, governance and other issues relevant to their responsibility. Governance is the way in which things are handled in a structured fashion that can include the periodic review of policies. Like all modern non-for-profit companies, the WIA is governed by a board of directors elected by the membership. WIA directors have completed training courses from the Australian Institute of Company Directors, the AIDC, or in one case, the Returned Services League. While some already had a similar awareness through their employment or previous education and training, all thought that training could be of help with their individual knowledge and skills necessary to perform their duties. Because of the special nature of the WIA reflected in its constitution, everyone who becomes a director or carries out various voluntary roles must be a WIA member and a licensed radio amateur. The AIDC courses provided e-learning, which came in separate modules, covering the director's role, how our board can work, conflicts of interest and governance. The courses touched on the Corporations Act and the obligations of directors, former directors and appointed office bearers, including secretary and treasurer positions. The WIA directors described the training as personally beneficial. Although the training highlighted that directors carry out most duties well already and reaffirm many current practices, it did highlight a few areas that can be improved. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au Now to news and briefs on air safety and exploding phone batteries. The Civil Aviation Safety Authority of Australia has issued a warning about the use of smartphones on aircraft. Passengers are asked to not include them in luggage, but take the mobile devices switched off as hand luggage. A phenomenon called thermal runaway can generate heat, fire, hence explosion. 
While the current alert concerns one type of phone in particular from Samsung, generally there's more caution about lithium-ion batteries, both their use and charging. Radio broadcast still most popular in the UK, the USA and now Australia, researchers found that radio accounts for over 50% of all audio consumed. While the figures relate to government and commercial radio broadcasts, we would like to think that it also rubs off on this weekly broadcast, and weekly figures point that way, particularly in VK5, 7 and 8. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. With international news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. The International Amateur Radio Union, IARU, has honoured past ARRL President and outgoing IARU Secretary Rod Stafford, Whiskey 6 Romeo Oscar Delta, ex-Kilo Bravo 6 Zulu Victor, with the Michael J. Owen VK3KI Memorial Award. Presenting the award was IARU President Tim Ellum, Victor Echo 6 Sierra Hotel, Slash Golf 4, Hotel Uniform Alpha. The award's namesake served as IARU Region 3 Chair and as President of the Wireless Institute of Australia, WIA. Although Stafford is stepping down as IARU Secretary, he will continue to represent the IARU to the ITU development sector. The presentation took place at a dinner on the opening day of the IARU Region 2 General Assembly in Vina del Mar, Chile. The Owen Award is bestowed upon an individual with an outstanding trajectory of service to amateur radio. IARU Region 2 said in announcing Stafford as the award's recipient. Ofcom launches graduate scheme. Ofcom, UK version of ACMA, has opened applications for their 2017 graduate scheme. The program sees young UK graduates embarking on a series of intensive job placements, moving regularly between projects and divisions to give the widest possible exposure to different departments. A graduate scheme open day will be held on Friday the 4th of November at Ofcom's London office. Until November 1-3, Sierra November 4, Kilo India Delta Sierra. Polish radio amateurs are supporting UNICEF in its fight against child malnutrition. It is the intent of the Hams for Kids initiative to help children in need, particularly in Southern Asia and Sub-Saharan Africa, by focusing the collective efforts of the global radio amateur community to provide meaningful financial support to UNICEF's anti-malnutrition program. The initiative's radio station, Sierra November 4 Kilo India Delta Sierra, is on the air till the 13th of November on all HF bands plus 6 metres. For every unique QSO with the station, the organisers will donate two cents to UNICEF. So, the more QSOs, the more money gets raised. Danish amateur comes full cycle. Danish cyclist Thomas Anderson, Oscar Zulu 1 Alpha Alpha, slash Kilo 9 Delta X-Ray X-Ray, thinks the world of his most recent adventure as a radio amateur. It's because his adventure embraced the world itself, or at least 36,000 miles of it in 58 countries. He's back home now, but not before completing a bicycling adventure begun six years ago, much of it with an HT in his hand. Anderson wrote on his online diary, cyclingtheglobe.com, I've cycled through Eastern Europe learning all about the local beer. I've been chased by dogs in Turkey, 
I've peddled through Syria before the war. I've been a celebrity in Malaysia and worked on a huge cattle station in Australia. He celebrated his arrival back home in Copenhagen by operating special event station Oscar Zulu 1 Bravo India Kilo Echo, a way of saying hello to his hometown. Fire on SAQ Antenna In early October, a fire occurred on the long-wave antenna of the 17.2 kHz Alexanderson alternator transmitter SAQ. This is probably due to a breakdown voltage. The fire was quickly extinguished thanks to the good work of the rescue service and no one was harmed. Foundation World Heritage Grimeton, owner and manager of the radio station, is investigating the extent of the damage and means to begin the repair work as soon as possible. This process will, however, take time. Terra Chatter, Radio Hams Track Unauthorised Communications The Hindustan Times reports amateur radio operators in South Bengal have raised alarm over unauthorised radio communication along the Bengal-Bangladesh border. The communication is taking place using radio signals at VHF at the dead of night and the sources of the signals are moving and speaking in code. Interestingly, radio sets were found with terrorists in recent URI attacks that were used by them for communication with their bases in Pakistan. Alarmed, the ham operators have deployed 23 operators to monitor the signals around the clock. A freeing up of SEPT licensing arrangements. The European Conference of Postal and Telecommunications Administrations, or SEPT, system has long given licensing portability for radio amateurs in participating countries. Australia, through its licence qualification being a Harmonised Amateur Radio Examination Certificate, HAREC, means our radio amateurs can too travel in 42 countries that have implemented the SEPT recommendation TR61-01. This was a process achieved two decades ago by the Wireless Institute of Australia. Recent SEPT changes now make it easier for countries outside Europe to join in the system. The SEPT will now accept a statement of conformity for non-SEPT countries. The administration of a country wishing to join the SEPT licence framework now can, after careful scrutiny of its licence requirements, declare which of its national licence classes is equivalent to the SEPT licence and vice versa. Until now, SEPT's European Communications Office had to examine the equivalency of licence requirements in a complicated process. Wi-Fi is still raising safety concerns. Wireless communication is used for everything from computer routers, keyboard and printers, mobile devices, key fobs for remote entry, all the way through to headphones. Another thought is that we may run out of usable spectrum to new technology. The demand for more wireless services includes technologies that need more bandwidth to support higher data rates. The uses continue to grow, and along with it some doubters that the radiation may cause some human health effects. The burgeoning Internet of Things already puts demands on spectrum, with the likelihood of crowded wireless devices and looming noise floor with interference problems. Professor of Bioengineering at the University of Pennsylvania, Kenneth Foster, in a review, finds that World Health Organization set Wi-Fi exposure levels well below safety limits. The radio-radiation issue started in the 1950s and continues to be studied with no scientific evidence that current levels for wireless signals can cause ill health. Meantime, smart cities are popping up around the world that offer free Wi-Fi in public places and transport, as well as it being readily available in the retail and commercial sectors. 
For WIA National News in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Across Australia, from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service in Adelaide. It can be heard on 7.177 in 1600 free DV mode at 23.30 UTC Sunday mornings. I'm Charlie, VK5 Kilo, Delta Kilo. Foundations of Amateur Radio It seems that there is a disease within the amateur radio community. It's spreading and seems to be contagious. There doesn't seem to be a cure and it seems to be pretty virulent. Symptoms include listlessness, deafness, stubbornness and apathy. Community members have aptly named it as LAS or Lead Ass Syndrome. I receive a regular stream of emails and phone calls from fellow amateurs who share with me their latest idea or plan for an activity in the hobby. It's often a group activity, a plan to do something with the wider community, or a group of people with a common interest. It might be an outing, a meeting, a build day, an activation, a website, or some other thing. The conversation often includes the question, do you think it's a good idea? Often I'll say, absolutely, great, wonderful. Sometimes I'll suggest alternatives or point at an existing activity that is already underway. After that, the response from the other person is often, well, I'll leave it with you. Fortunately, I'm made of sterner stuff, having only a few other commitments in this community, and I'll often suggest that they take on the project and I'll do whatever I can to support them. I can almost guarantee that it's the very last I hear of the activity. So what is it that stops people from making their idea into reality? Are they dense, lazy, or is their idea wrong? No. It's that they lack the confidence to stick their neck out and do something, anything. You might wonder what this has to do with LAS or Ledar syndrome. It's simple. The rest of the community doesn't particularly care one way or the other. They might respond or not, often not. Commit to something, or they might not. They might say they're coming, but don't show. They might start an activity, but never finish it. They might participate for an hour during a 24-hour contest, but there is no commitment. I know I should be grateful that they spend the hour, or tell me that their pet parrot died and that they cannot attend. But frankly, I'm not. I think that this lack of participation, lack of engagement, lack of commitment is embarrassing. It's not community-minded, it's not encouraging to new entrants, and it sets a very bad example to the community. I understand that circumstances change and that people have commitments outside the hobby. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about an advanced level of apathy that infuses others and has them give up on their idea before they begin. I'd rather be surrounded by those who think that this is a fun hobby with stuff to learn, people to meet, things to do and places to go. Of course, if you're one of the few with an idea then I salute you. Hold your head high. Scream your idea from the rooftops. Share it with the active community and get on with it. Unfortunately, there is only one of me and many of you. I'm happy to be a sounding board, but I've not yet figured out how to have more than 24 hours in a day. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service 
on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Operational news on Felix VK for FUQ 2016. October 2930 CQWWDX SSB contest always October last full weekend. This contest at the end of October with lots of call signs, many countries and zones and all bands from 160 to 10 metres is your opportunity to snare a rare DX in the or two. Mount up the tally for the DX Century Club, qualify for operating award or just for pure enjoyment. Others are contest competitors seeking as many contacts as possible and sending in an entry. All taking part are now working out the strategy to adopt and of course have studied the contest rules at www.cqww.com. Tips on what can be done are in this month's Amateur Radio Magazine contest column by Trent Sampson, VK4TS. Also in the column are the words of Contester of the Month, Martin Luther, VK7GN, who has some advice including a suggested approach for someone new to contesting. The CQ Worldwide SSB contest is October 29 and 30. Why not give it a try? Then November 11 to 14 is a Keith Roger Memorial National Parks Award activation. November 26-27, WIA VHF UHF Spring Field Day. November 26-27, CQ WWDX CW Contest. Always the last full weekend in November. December 1-31, Annual Youngsters on the Year, Yota. VI50CC is celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Kuby Creek Satellite Tracking Station throughout October, thanks to the Darling Downs Radio Club. The station used leading-edge technology for its day, including liquid helium-cooled low-noise amplifiers, and was the first to transmit and receive 6 GHz television signals across the Pacific. Canada to get special callsign prefixes next year. The Radio Amateurs of Canada, the IARU Member Society, says special alternative callsign prefixes will help publicise the 150th anniversary of Canada's Confederation in 2017. A series of national, regional and local events out of occur during the landmark year. And the RSE says it has negotiated for VA call signs to use CF, VE to be CG, VO may be CH, and VY stations may be able to use CI. Use of the alternative prefixes are expected to also include commemorative QSL cards. And who could forget November 1 to 9, VI 4 SCA when commemorates Sydney Emden action. Finally, to wireless weather, theory on the solar cycle. A team of German researchers in a new theoretical study proposed that the sun's magnetic field and its 11-year cycle may be closely linked to the alignment of planets. They point to the fact that the sun reverses its polarity with a new cycle, and at the same time the planets Venus, Earth and Jupiter are aligned. Could there be a link between the two occurrences? Does planet alignment have a crucial role to play in the sun cycle? According to the theory... The alignment combines the gravity of planets to create a tidal-like effect on the Sun's plasma, thus disrupting its magnetic field by pulling it. The magnetic mechanism the cause of its polarity reversal is an interesting hypothesis. Researchers are looking for more clues and evidence to one day solve many mysteries of the Sun. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ Inningham. I'm Brian VK3GR with some worldwide special interest group news this week with CW. Smithsonian Magazine reports that the code is still in use. When Samuel Finley Breeze Morse began his revolutionary system of dits and dars in 1836, it led to the arrival of the telegraph that then linked nations via sea cables 
and further on, shortwave radio messaging. However, it was progressively being overtaken by voice, digital and satellite-based communication technology that has brought communication directly to the individual. The Smithsonian Magazine was asked by a reader whether there was a remaining practical application for Morse code. Of course, it replied, Morse code is still used largely in aircraft navigational systems for the identification of beacons and practiced by radio amateurs for fun. There's also a move in the International Amateur Radio Union to recognize Morse code by the United Nations by it being in the UN Intangible Cultural Heritage List. Now to IOTA, OC011, GM3WOJ and GM4YXI are operating V6Z on the Chook Islands to November the 1st. They're using Logbook of the World and Clublog, QSL Direct or ARRL Bureau via N3SL. Now, Worldwide Special Interest Groups, QRP and Weak Signal Communication. Melbourne QRP by the Bay at Chelsea Beach, Saturday, November 5 from 3pm. Meet other radio enthusiasts, bring a project or interesting item. They'll be at Victory Park, Chelsea, near the Life Saving Club, same place as the last few times. Many go for tea approximately 6 o'clock at the local restaurant. Search Melbourne QRP by the Bay event on Facebook or email vk3ye at qsl.net. Now, Worldwide Special Interest Groups Rescue Radio MCOM Workshop in Chile, a success. The second gathering of those involved in emergency communications for the Americas was held on October 11 with 30% more participants this time when compared with Mexico in 2013. The workshop co-chaired by the IARU Region 2 Coordinator, Cesar Piazantos, HR2P, and ARRL Emergency Preparedness Manager, Mike Corey, KI1U, was sponsored by the IARU and ARRL, coincided with the IARU Region 2 Conference. There were many speakers on international issues facing amateur radio's response to emergencies and disasters. Major presentations included those from the radio societies of Chile, Mexico and Venezuela, Salvation Army Team Emergency Radio Network, International Telecommunications Union, of course the ITU, and the Amateur Radio Emergency Data Network. Discussion both inside and outside the workshop focused on the themes discussed in the first workshop as well as new focus areas to address in IARU Region 2. It included the continual need for greater public education on the value of amateur radio, cross-border exercises provide to practice response capability ahead of large-scale disasters, and that emergency coordinators explore having an online emergency communications library for all engaged and those who want to be involved. A third IARU Region 2 Emergency Communications Workshop was proposed to be held. A full report is available at a URL in the text edition of this news broadcast. And that's all I have this week. I'm Brian, VK3GR, signing off. Locally produced, nationally voiced, globally heard. We are VK1WIA. Hi, I'm Paul, VK4PY. And if you're heading to the Gold Coast early November to visit friends or a holiday perhaps... Why not pop into the Gold Coast Amateur Radio Society's Ham Fest on Saturday the 5th of November, which is only a few weeks away. The event will be held at the Albert Waterways Hall, which is on the corner of Sunshine Boulevard and Hooker Boulevard at Mermaid Waters. 
Entry ticket prices are still the same with $7 per person and $10 for a family, with the doors open to the public from 8.30am. Some of the tables that have been purchased for the event are suppliers to the industry, along with other fellow amateurs and other clubs. Once again, we're having the very popular bacon and egg muffins, as well as other items from the barbecue. To book a table or other info, go to www.gcars.com.au and look for the Hamfest tab, or email hamfest at gcars.com.au. See you hopefully at a Hamfest on the 5th of November. I'm Paul, VK4PY, and you're tuned to VK1 WIA and the National News Service. We'll stick with the social scene and also on the 5th, Melbourne QRP by the Bay at Chelsea Beach from 3pm. The next day, November 6, in VK5, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society Hamfest at 8am. November 20, VK3 Rosebud Radio Fest, tickets on sale 8am. November 26 in VK7, Miana Hamfest. 2017, February 26, the Central Coast Field Day, Wyong, enter at 8.30am. March 26 in VK3, EMDRC's Hamfest, Great Ryrie Primary School, Heathmont. April 28 to May 1 in VK4, Clearview Gathering, Clearview's between Rocky and Mackay. May 19, VK, it's the WIA's AGM at Handorf, just some 25 kilometres from Adelaide. And Alara Meet 2017 happens in Cairns. The date, September 9 to 10. Now till next we meet, I'm Graham VK for Baker Baker. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.